like that. You want to try that. Hello, everybody, and welcome that. to like this Black, Friday Black, edition of the Logan Blackman Black, Show. Oh, my goodness, we made it through another week, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope you are ready for another fun, exhilarating, whatever word you want to use to describe this episode of Logan Blackman Show. Use it. I just hope you are ready to go, because I certainly am. We got some exciting stuff to talk about today. Before we get into any of that, let's make sure we go over the housekeeping items first. Make sure you follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter or X at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search The Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. You can check out a link, all the links to our social media accounts, our different blog posts. You can check out videos. You can check out the links to the podcast and all those different forms of social media. But on that topic, make sure you are following and or subscribe to the Apple Podcast and or Spotify accounts and leave a rating out of five stars on both as well. It could be a five-star rating or, of course, it could be a one-star rating. I don't really care. I mean, I say that. Of course, I care because uh, I obviously want the show to be rated very highly. But if you don't feel like the show is up to your extremely high standards then don't feel obligated to leave a high rating. Just leave a description down below, though, on why you feel the way you do, why you feel it was such a terrible-ass show, and we will try to get better. But if you liked it, also let me know down below so I can boost my ego just that tiny bit more, and I would greatly appreciate it. Now, this is an exciting day. This is an exciting day. This is the second straight Thursday night where we have football going on. Give yourselves a round of applause. Give football a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Give football a round of applause. I greatly appreciate football being back, ladies and gentlemen. We have a game going on here in about two to three minutes. It is the Houston Texans taking on the New England Patriots. And the reason I'm so excited for this game, so normally I don't know if I'd actually watch this game. It's two teams that I really could give less of a shit about. Like the Texans have been bad for pretty much my entire life. There's been a few years in there, a few blip years in there where they've been, you know, respectable. Respectable. The Deshaun Watson era, for the most part, they had some success. They had some success under Matt Schaub there as well. They made the playoffs with Brock Osweiler. Or did, no. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. They did. They beat the Raiders with Matt McGloin as their, what, a, what an elite playoff matchup that was. No, not even Matt McGloin. Matt McGloin got hurt too because Derek Carr got hurt and then Matt McGloin got hurt. So we retreated to a, oh, crap. Well, Connor Cook versus Brock Osweiler. Legit, actual playoff football game. They've had some very good wide receivers in their time, but man, for the most part, this team has not been very good. I don't know what expectations are going to be for them this year, but we'll go over that here in a little bit. And the Patriots are just the Patriots. I I obviously being a fan of a division rival to play the Patriots, a direct division rival to the Patriots, a person who has been beaten up more times than not by the New England Patriots for most of my lifetime until recent years. So yes, this is a game that most of the time I would not really care about. If this was a game on a Sunday, I would breeze past it. This is a game where you would not expect to see any highlights scroll across the NFL network or red zone channels. You would not expect to see anything from this game. But why are we watching it tonight? Why are we watching it tonight? Watching a team in the Patriots having a losing record two of the last three seasons. Having a Houston Texans team that has picked in the top five the past two drafts. Not even top five, top three in the past two drafts. Why are we watching this? Well, I will tell you why. It's because we are getting our first glimpse of a rookie quarterback this season. C.J. Stroud, who we talked about last show, getting the starting nod in this game over Davis Mills, which was to, to, the, to the surprise of absolutely no one out there. 
Maybe to Davis Mills' family, I don't know. But to most people out there, we could sit here and go like, well, yep, C.J. Stroud, a very good college quarterback, back-to-back Heisman finalist at Ohio State, put up great numbers throughout his tenure at Ohio State, and now we are getting a chance to see him for the first time in the NFL, and I'm excited. I'm very excited, though I've had, you know, very well documented, at least on this show, my reservations about some of the things C.J. Stroud does, but C.J. Stroud, make no bit, and it's ands or buts about it, C.J. Stroud is a very, very good quarterback. I'm just extremely nervous to see how he does with the Houston Texans because this is a new this is a new team pretty much. You got a new head coach coming in. We all we all knew the uh oh crap, who's a the Coley era was not gonna be very long. Then we knew the wow, I'm completely blanking on these last coaches' names. Bears coach. Why why am I blank? Coached Illinois. Why am I struggling with this? Big white beard. What why what is going on? What what is his name? What is his name? Why am I blanking? Am I going to find it before <laughs> before I click on the Wikipedia page to try and remember what his name was? This is actually kind of sad. Lovey Smith. Good Lord. I don't know why I was blanking so hard on Lovey Smith, but we knew that David Coley era was going to be short-lived. David Coley kind of got that job because no one else wanted it. He was kind of just like a sacrificial lamb for that season for the Houston Texans. Everybody knew the Texans were going to be absolutely horrific. That season. This was the first year of no Deshaun Watson coming off a great year of the season before. And then now we're sitting here like, man, this is going to be a long-ass season. It's going to be a very, very long-ass season for the Houston Texans. And it was. And it was. And then David Coley gets inevitably fired. They think they're going to get someone else in there. There are a lot of links to Josh McCown. But then they go out and hire Lovey Smith. Which, again, was not really seen as a long-term solution for the head coach of the Houston Texans. And, of course, gets fired at the end of the season because of the fact that they went for two in that last game of the regular season, got it, ended up winning their last game of the regular season, which saw the Chicago Bears leapfrog them in the NFL draft order. Now, who knows? Maybe they always wanted C.J. Stroud. Maybe they always wanted C.J. Stroud. Maybe that was their end goal, end-all, be-all, was draft C.J. Stroud with the first overall pick. And to be 100% honest with you, to a lot of people out there, I I don't know if I'd say a lot, but to some people out there, that wouldn't have really been seen as a shocking pick. It wouldn't have been. I, for one, have been of the idea that Bryce Young is the better quarterback out of the two. I wouldn't have been, like, absolutely floored, like, what the hell just happened if C.J. Stroud went first overall? But I would have been I would have been semi surprised. But then of course remember they traded back up into the top ten because remember they had a, the twelfth pick I believe they traded up to three with the Cardinals and took Will Anderson there. And D'Amico Ryan's being a defensive minded head coach, being a guy that's coming from the San Francisco 49ers who built their status as a team that's constantly competing in the NFC on their defensive line. They put a lot of time, money, and effort into building one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. Like, they traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts. What'd they do? They went out and drafted Javon Kinlaw, who's bad some injuries throughout his time, but a very good player. You got Nick Bosa there. You got Eric Armstead there. Like, you built this team, this team's success. A lot of it can go back and look at the defensive line and the linebacking core, Fred Warner being there as well. So, D'Amico Ryan's trading back up. D'Amico Ryan's in co. I should say. He wasn't the only one involved in trading back to number three overall. Though it's a risky pick because the Texans, by all accounts, probably won't be a very good team this year. They'll be better than what they were last year. I mean, it's hard to go worse than three wins. It's really hard to go less than three wins. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. We literally saw a Browns team that had one win get worse and win no games. 
Or did they win what? No, no, they went. They lost. They lost every game. They lost every game because I was Deshaun Kaiser's rookie year, which was the same year they drafted Miles Garrett. So that's the only time I can really remember where a team that had that little amount of wins actually got worse the next season. Now drafting a guy like CJ Stroud, having a guy like D'Amico Ryan's come in, a Texans legend and all that stuff. Like this is going to be an exciting time for the Houston Texans. Something we haven't really had for a little bit now. And they've got some exciting players on this roster, namely C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, of course. But they also did well in the draft in other places. Like you got Tank Dell later in the draft, which was a fantastic pick, kept him in Houston. So you have a young quarterback getting drafted with a young receiver. I love when teams do that. And when you look at the top guys in this draft, whether that's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Anthony Richardson, all those teams, the Panthers, Texans, Colts, drafted a receiver to go with their young quarterback. Like, you see the Carolina Panthers get Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. You see the Texans get Tank Dell from Houston. And then you see the Indianapolis Colts go Josh Downs from North Carolina. So you've got these young receivers that can grow with these young quarterbacks. I think that's a very smart thing to do. I think it's an insanely smart thing to do. And not only that, but you get John Mechie back, who's inevitably, or like, I guess you shouldn't say technically, because he's technically not a rookie. It's like the NBA Rookie of the Year type thing. But John Mechie, this is his first year real action in the NFL. His first reaction, remember he was recovering from cancer. He's cancer-free now, thankfully, and he's been practicing very well this past season. A dominating receiver while at Alabama. Dominating, very good teammate as well. You got Xavier Hutchinson later in the draft from Iowa State. We'll get to Iowa State and Iowa here in a little bit as well. You brought in Noah Brown from the Dallas Cowboys. You got Robert Woods in. However big of a deal that Robert Woods thing was, I don't know, but it's a nice locker room piece. It's a nice locker room piece. You brought in Devin Singletary from the Bills. He'll be a nice number two option behind Damian Pierce, who had a very good rookie season last year. I don't want to say he kind of burst on the scene because as someone who liked Damian Pierce coming out of Florida, though he didn't put up insane numbers while he was there, I wasn't like incredibly shocked that he put up as good of numbers as he did, especially when you look at the rest of the Houston Texans roster. When you have a bad team, when you have a very bad team, they're going to lean heavily on the run game. And Damian Pierce worked well in that role. He played very, very well last year. They brought in Dalton Schultz from the Dallas Cowboys, who turned down a lot of money to go back to the the Cowboys because he thought he was worth more. And he ended up signing a one-year deal with the with the Houston Texans. You obviously got Kenyon Green on the offensive line. You drafted Drew Scruggs. Like you've got other pieces on the offense that are very exciting. Allie Gay from LSU. You got him in the draft as well. You brought in Chase Winovich, or did you bring him in this offseason or the last offseason? You did bring him in this offseason from. The New England Patriots. Henry Toa Toa from Alabama, very solid linebacker. We'll have a whole season of Stingley. Because remember, he battled a lot of injuries last year, so hopefully we'll get a full season of him. Like, there's a lot to be excited about for the future of the Houston Texans. I don't know if we're going to sit here right now and say, hey, this team's going to be a dominant force this year. But hey, no one really thought the Jacksonville Jaguars, coming off the Urban Meyer era, would not only be a playoff team, but win a playoff game in the fashion that they did. So crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. I, When Brady and Jared were on the show, we talked about the Jaguars possibly sweeping the division. We've got C.J. Stroud entering the field right now. Let's go over this real quick. I think Devin Singletary's in the backfield. Motion the fullback to the left. Stroud's under center. We've got tight formation. C.J. Stroud back to pass. Eyeing up a nice little out route. Nice little out route on his first completion of his NFL career to Nico Collins. Let's give a congratulations to C.J. Stroud. I know it doesn't count for anything, but hey. You got to give some applauds there because, hey, very nice. Very nice. You also got Jalen Petrie on defense, too. We forgot to mention him earlier. Brian Jimmy Ward this offseason, too, from the San Francisco 49ers. Like, there's things to be excited about. There are things to be excited about. But if I'm 
looking at the Houston Texans. So they're going up-tempo. Up-tempo. Stroud under center again. Hands the ball off. It's Singletary, and he gets maybe one. Maybe one yard on the carry by Devin Singletary. Bill's legend, Devin Singletary. But what's the floor and ceiling for the Houston Texans this year? Again, I don't really see a reality on where they're much worse than what they were last year. There were times they were unwatchable last year. I thought Davis Mills did all right with the stuff that he had around him. But for the most part, you knew they were going to go a different direction at quarterback. But this year, they got the Baltimore Ravens. One would assume that's a loss. Okay, let's go over this real quick. Let's look at this. We got I formation. We got a wide receiver to the left, two tight ends to the right. Stroud snaps the ball. Devin Singletary with nice back juke, and he gets the first down. Nice. Nice first drive for CJ Stroud. They're easing him into it, which I think is good. I think easing him into that is very smart. Leaning on the run game first. Got a nice little short out route pass to the first throw of the game. Get his, you know, that adrenaline dump, and then now you run the ball twice. I would expect him to throw this next one. I would expect him to throw again this next play, but we'll see. Maybe they just lean on the run game the entire first drive. We'll have to wait and see on it, but CJ Stroud under center again. We got two wide receivers tied into the right. We got an eye formation. Fullback directly behind Stroud. Motions the fullback, drops back to pass CJ Stroud. Looking across the middle, and he escapes one. Nope, nope, nope. He gets sacked. He gets sacked. He gets sacked. <laughs> Ecuali for the New England Patriots gets the sack on C.J. Stroud. Tried to escape it, but one thing that we talked about C.J. Stroud in his time at Ohio State, and I'm not saying a lot of quarterbacks would have been able to escape this, but C.J. Stroud's mobility or lack of willingness to run, I guess you could say was one of my big, not concerns, but one of my red flags for C.J. Stroud. But he can run. We've seen him run. He got He landed kind of weird when he got tackled there. I was sure that Houston Tech would like to see him avoid as much hits as possible. We got two receivers to the left, top of the screen, one to the bottom, Stroud and the shotgun. Drops back to pass, looks short, nice little reverse spin out, rolls out to the left. He's taken off to run, just as we're talking about that, he runs for a nice little five, six-yard gain. Get the Texans back to about third and 12. I think that's where they're going to be at right now. But yeah, rolled out the Houston Texans off the line. I mean, you got Titus Howard at left tackle, solid enough left tackle. And you got Kenyon Green there as well. Former 2021 draft pick, or 2022 NFL draft pick, sorry. But nice little burst by Stroud. Rolls out to the left. Oh, third and 21. Wow, okay, he lost a lot more yards than I thought. I guess I didn't even see the marker <laughs> the last time they they ran the play. He got Wow, he got a lot further back than I thought he did. But we got a tight formation. We got two back in the backfield with Stroud and shotgun. Snake's snap. Dumps it. Uh, uh, he throws a pick. He throws a pick. Not a great read by C.J. Stroud. And we're looking to house this. It looks like Mills with the interception here. Wow. Not the greatest start to C.J. Stroud's tenure with the Houston Texans. So we start off with a nice little about, you know, six, seven yard, six, seven, eight yard completion to start the game off. And then you take a, what turned out to be like an 18 yard sack right after picking up a first down with Devin Singletary. And then uh, you get a nice little five, six yard run. And I understand he's trying not to, like, the check down was there. I understand it's third and 21, but the chance of you picking this all up, like, that was back to the original line of scrimmage where that ball was thrown. <laughs> like, he had a long-ass way to go. He had a long-ass way. So, so it's kind of like damage control here. We got Bailey Zappi starting this game. I don't know if Mac Jones is playing at all in this game. He was warming up, but I don't know if he's actually playing. I would doubt he's playing. We got Bailey Zappi under center for the Patriots. But yeah, not the, not the greatest start, but for the Houston Texans this season – 
Let's go through the schedule real quick. We got the Baltimore Ravens week one. I'm expecting that to be a loss. I'm expecting that to be a loss. Colts battle the rookie quarterbacks is Anthony Richardson. Let's give a round of applause. Got announced as the week preseason week one starter for the Indianapolis Colts. So we have three the three first round quarterbacks that were taken this last draft are all starting week one in preseason. That is awesome. That is awesome. We didn't have any rookies start in preseason last year. We didn't have any rookies start week one. I think the first rookie to start a game last year was Skylar Thompson. Like it's a it's it's been a long road since we've had uh, highly valued rookie quarterbacks come in. But you know, CJ Stroud will be better than that. He will be better than that. But the Colts, I think the Colts will win that game. So we got 0-2 for the Texans. Jaguars on the road. We got 0-3. Steelers against Kenny Pickett, who's apparently looking better. And the Mike Tomlin always have the Steelers ready for this. I'd say the Steelers win that game. Falcons, and this is just quick fire. I'm not really doing a lot of analysis here. Against the Atlanta Falcons, October 8th. Oh, geez. Bull rush for the Houston Texans. Absolutely swarmed Bailey Zappi there. Falcons, that could be an interesting one. That's a very interesting one. Probably go Falcons. Probably go Falcons. It's in Atlanta. And then the Saints, uh, probably Saints win. So we are looking. Oh, geez, fourth down already. We got Bill O'Brien. I forgot Bill O'Brien was the OC of the Patriots. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you go through six weeks, 0-6. Not necessarily the most ideal situation. Then we got the Panthers in Carolina. Close one. Close one. You got two first-year head coaches. Defensively, it's going to be the weird part for this team. Defensively, it's going to be weird. Do we say the Panthers win? I'm going to go Panthers win that one. We have them beating the Bucks. We have them beat the Bucks week nine, so they're not blanked. Then you got the Cincinnati Bengals lose to the Bengals. They'll beat the Cardinals. So through 11 weeks, they are 2-8 and eight at this point. Then you got the Jaguars at home. You know, the Jaguars always lose, like, one random game they shouldn't lose a year. Like, even when they're good. So, we're going to say Texans win that game. So, you got 3-8 and eight. Broncos. We'll go with the Broncos winning that game. Do we want to go Broncos win? It's in Houston. It's in Houston. Yeah, we'll go Broncos can't be worse than what they were last year, right? We'll go Broncos there. We'll go Jets. We'll go Jets. Titans at Titans. We'll go with the Titans. Browns at home. Sean Watson revenge game at home. I know they played last year, but... Do it again. We'll go Texans, get the upset win there. Against the Titans again, we'll go Texans and the Colts. So we got five wins, it looks like. Four to five wins. Because you got the Cardinals, you got the Bucks, you got the Jaguars, Browns, Titans. That's five. That's me being generous. Maybe they're better than that. Maybe they're better than that. Maybe they went upwards of seven. I don't know. But this is just like quick fire. They could beat the Falcons. They could beat the Colts. Like they tied, didn't they tie the Colts last year? Like 20 to 20? So I wouldn't be shocked if they tied the, or beat the Colts. Yeah, game one, they tied the Colts 20-20. You know, we'll have them beat the Colts once. Is that the first one? Okay, so that first game. We'll have them lose to the Jaguars. We'll have them beat the Colts. So again, five wins. Is that a little much or is that too many or too little? Because I, I like the hire of D'Amico Ryans. I think that's a very good hire. I think it's a, a nice look into the future for the Houston Texans with their last few hires. Have not really been that. Have not really been that. Look at David Cole. You look at Levy Smith. No idea what you're looking at in the future. Like, we're just stopgaps at this point. D'Amico Ryans is a guy that you could build around. Got a firm identity. Robert Sala's finally getting his feet under him with the Jets. Expect A lot of people are expecting good things from them this year. And they got an old quarterback coming in. But, yeah, not a not a ideal start to the season for the Houston Texans. Not an ideal season. But it's the Texans. Like, this division's not very good, so maybe they can squeak in some wins every once in a while. Maybe they beat the Colts twice. Maybe they beat the Texans twice. Or Titans twice. Who knows? But I'm not expecting, like, a whole lot this season. I feel kind of bad for CJ Stroud. But I do like that they've got some young receivers. 
I do think that's important for the development of a young quarterback. That's why I'm kind of like thinking Jordan Love will be all right. So you got Christian Watson at Watkins, and you've got Romeo Dobbs, who are both very young receivers. You have opportunities to grow with Jordan Love, and you've got a solid running game with Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon. So you've got pieces in place for the Green Bay Packers. And you got two young tight ends. You got Tucker Kraft. You got Luke Musgrave. That's a very good draft for the Packers. You got to build up this young team that you have. And I'm excited you drafted Lucas Van Ness in the first round. It's exciting to see. It's exciting to see. I don't know how the Packers will do. We'll go over full NFL evaluation stuff here in a couple weeks because we got a while till the NFL season actually starts. We got till September 10th or September. When's that Thursday game? Chiefs Lions. First game would be September 7th. Chiefs Lions. So we got, again, we got some time. We got some time, ladies and gentlemen, to figure this all out. We got CJ Stroud's second drive coming up here in a little bit. But with CJ Stroud starting, again, we brought up Anthony Richardson starting week one of the preseason. That could change. This could all change. They could decide to end, ultimately go with Davis Mills, Gardner Minshew, Andy Dalton for the Carolina Panthers. That, go, that all could very much happen. But I'm fully expecting the rookies. We said this a couple weeks ago. I'm fully expecting the rookies, the three rookie quarterbacks, the three main guys. I know there's other rookie quarterbacks out there, but I expect the main guys to be the starters week one. Will Levis, he's not even the second string guy in Tennessee right now. So Malik Willis has developed even more than what they thought, which is what you like to see. What you like to see. I don't trust the Titans development team at all. So I was worried when Malik Willis got drafted by the Titans. We said it on the show. We said it the entire year. So he just tried under center again, eye formation, wide receiver to the left and right of him. We got tied under the top of the formation. Motions the fullback to the right. Stroud drops back. Hands the ball off to Singletary. Nice little six-yard game for Devin Singletary. Nice little six-yard game. But it's fun. I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys do. Expectations for each of these guys. Do I think these guys will be challenging for Rookie of the Year? I don't know. I think the Carolina... Bryce Young's an interesting one. Bryce Young is a very, very interesting one because of the fact the Carolina Panthers realistically... And I say realistically because it's more of... Not really a fact of how good the Panthers are. It's more of a fact of how trash-ass their division is, the NFC South. The South divisions, the AFC and NFC, are bad. Oh, we got trips right or trips left for C.J. Stroud. Drops back to pass. Dumps it off smartly to Devin Singletary. Goes right through his hands. Devin Singletary never been known for his pass-catching ability. Seen that a lot in Buffalo. That's why they tried to get a guy every single year to <laughs> be the pass-catching back from Buffalo. Sorry, I got some tea here. But I think out of those guys, uh, maybe maybe the Colts push something. I don't know. We'll have to see how Richardson develops. But I think Bryce Young, out of those three, has the best path, I guess, to win a rookie of the year. Do I think he'll win it outright? I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100%. I think all three of them will have good rookie years. I think there'll be ups and downs with Stroud and Richardson. But I think Bryce Young, given the players that they have and given how trash the division is, Stroud checks it down again. Gets hit while he throws. Not a gr- I mean, he got hit while he's throwing, so it's not really expecting a whole lot on that pass. But fourth down. Oh, they are they calling roughing the passer? Are they really going to call roughing the passer here? They are. He hit C.J. Stroud kind of low. Land Clark, fourth season as an NFL referee. Wow, they did call roughing the passer. They hit him kind of low. Show the replay. Show the replay. That's weak. Wow. Okay. Okay. He ba- 
what are they call? I don't have volume on, so maybe that's a little bit of an issue here. I don't see a rough in the passer there. Even by the new rules, I don't see where that's rough in the passer. He kind kind of hit him low. Ooh, we got a wide formation here. We got a wide receiver pressed up against the Lions. Mechie. Singletary runs to the right for about two yards, maybe a yard. It's a pretty weak rough in the passer. That's a pretty weak rough in the passer. But again, back to the main point. Bryce Young, I think, is the best already. I think with that division, the Falcons, Saints, and Bucks, the Bucks are going to suck ass. They still haven't decided between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, who the starting quarterback is. The Falcons, they're really young, very young. They got a really good young group of um, offensive weapons, and Bijan and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Time will time will tell on Desmond Ritter. And he's got a guy in Terrell Heineke who has a lot of experience, who has playoff experience. Oh, we got Stroud rolling out to the left. He slips and throws it, and he completes it. Nice. Gets a nice little completion there. Slipped on his rollout, which is not really, you know, ideal. But gets the completions. Gets him in a third manageable here for the Houston Texans. We'll see how he handles this one. Didn't handle the last third down very great. So, the last two, I guess. because Well, I guess he got a rough in the passer, so he got bailed out on that one. I don't know. I think I, I think out of the rookie quarterbacks, it's, it's young. And if we're looking at the other rookies, let's go to the 2023 NFL Draft. Let's look at the 2023 NFL Draft. See what, see what other people we're possibly dealing with. We'll look at the first rounders mainly, and then we'll go into some of the second round, third round. All the, the dark horses. We got trips right, Stroud back to pass in the shotgun. Looking solely to the left. Steps on the pocket, gets tackled he didn't get sacked he got about a yard he had one receiver to the left and just kept his focus solely on the left side so they're gonna need him to you know shift his focus a little bit more but again it's a lot faster it's a lot faster he tried to take off and run just didn't get enough time on it got sacked or again not sacked picked up a yard dropped the ball at the end but he was already way down so yeah first two driving strouds Houston Texans career, not ideal. Wouldn't it be funny if the Texans faked it? I mean, it's preseason. Might as well try it. Get your fake practices out of the way. Nope, it's a punt. <laughs> but for offense, let's look at offense here in the 2023 NFL draft. So we got Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Richardson, Paris Johnson. The tackles, someone could win it, I guess, but I, I highly doubt it. Then you got Bijan. You got Jameer Gibbs. You have got... Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. And that's it for first-round offensive weapons. Those receivers are talented. I think out of all of them, the guy with the least amount of resistance is Zay Flowers. I mean, the, the Baltimore Ravens did go out and get Odell Beckham Jr. this offseason. But the path of least resistance for a rookie receiver to take that step to be that main guy would be Zay Flowers. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, former first-round draft picks in their own right, I would take Zay Flowers above them. Dante Demas from Maryland is also there. You got Tylen Wallace. You got Laquan Treadwell, who I kind of forgot was still in the league. And you got Mark Andrews. So that I kind of forgot about Mark Andrews. I was only thinking about receivers. But you got like Jack Smith, the Jigbuzz. Got Tyler Lockett. Got DK Metcalf to compete with. But maybe all the focus will be shifted on those guys. Quentin Johnston put Keenan Allen in the slot quite a bit. I would imagine anyways. Maybe Quentin Johnston lines up in the slot. Played quite a bit of slot at TCU. And then Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison could really be really fun. Jordan Addison could be really fun. You got Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the NFL, on the opposite side of you. This could be a real opportunity for Jordan Addison to put up some monster yards. Monster, monster, monster yards. Great route runner, runner Blitnikoff award winner at Pitt. 
Didn't have the same numbers as he did at Pitt at USC, but dominating receiver. Dalton Kincaid there as well. I kind of I missed him. Dalton Kincaid, who the Bills are going to line up as a slot receiver, speaking of that. And then you got Bijan. Bijan's going to be the early favorite. Bijan's going to be the early favorite on. Uh, Bijan, when people were going in the draft, people were talking about Bijan Robinson being a gold jacket guy, which I think is insane, insane levels of hype to throw on a rookie. Gold jacket guy like that? You're just answering, you're just anxiously waiting for him to not be a success in the NFL. So you can just go, man, this was a former gold jacket guy. This dude sucks ass. I think Bijan Robinson's a very, very good running back. Jameer Gibbs can be interesting as well. I am very intrigued to see how the Lions use him. I mean, they turned they had Jamal Williams turn into a thousand yard rusher. Jamal Williams broke the G, Oh, James Ferentz is starting. Wow. James Ferentz. Gotta love it. For Bailey Zappi at quarterback. Kayshawn Booty is in there. Taekwon Thornton, last year's pick, second round pick. Pierre Strong, rookie from South Dakota State. Nice. Or second year guy from South Dakota State, sorry. But man, I'm in, I'm excited to see how Jameer Gibbs does. Jameer Gibbs can be a very fun player. And I don't know how they're what the balance will be between him and David David Montgomery. I'm very intrigued to see how they balance those two. I think Jameer Gibbs could take off this year. I think Jameer Gibbs could absolutely take off. But the favorite out of the first round guys is Bijan. I think out of the quarterbacks, it's Bryce Young. Given the division and the opportunities there ahead of him. Like they're they've pretty much stated right when they draft him, he's gonna be the starter. And out of the receivers, I'd probably lean Addison. I'd probably lean Addison out of the receivers. I really like Jordan Addison. So those would be my top three guys. Like if we're going by one position. So we got Stroud or Stroud, Bryce Young, Bijan, and then Jordan Addison, and then obviously Dalton can kick because he's the only tight end taken in the first round. If we go to the second round, we got Levis, we got Laporta going to the Lions, we got Michael Mayer going to the Raiders, Jonathan Mingo we brought up earlier to the Panthers, Luke Musgrave to the Packers, then we've got Jaden Reed from Michigan State going to the Packers, which I kind of forgot about him, that's another great pick for the Packers, another young receiver for them, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA going to Seattle, Rashi, Rashi Rice going to the Chiefs, which I think is a very good pick there too, Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan going to the Cowboys, Brenton Strange from Penn State going to the Jaguars. So you got some options. And then Marvin Mims from Oklahoma going to Denver. I think out of the second round guys, Zach Charbonnet will be an interesting one. He'll be very – I'm intrigued to see what kind of usage they – like we brought up David Robinson – or David Robinson. David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs usage. Like you have a guy in Kenneth Walker that you drafted in the second round last year that had a very, very good rookie season. Very good rookie season. So I'm – I'm hesitant. I know that like Pete Carroll – his dream world is to have two running backs. You look at his success at USC, Liddell White and Reggie Bush. That's not what these two guys are, but very solid running backs, both of them. Very, very solid running backs, both of them. So I'm excited to see how they pair them up. Will Levis, I don't know how much action he's going to get this year. I really don't. Sam Laporta, depends on how many injuries happen to the Lions off the line because the last time they had an Iowa tight end, TJ Hawkinson, they didn't use him to his full potential in the past game because they had so many injuries on the offensive line that they needed him to be a blocker. It was like the only thing he was really used for. But Jonathan Mingo could be very, very good wide receiver of the Panthers this year. Very raw. Very raw receiver. Luke Musgrave for the Packers. That could be a very, very good get for him. A nice safety net for a young quarterback is tight ends. you got Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. Very Again, Luke Musgrave, very raw prospect. But ceiling is very high. Jaden Reed for the Packers. I like that pick a lot. Rashi Rice would be a very good pickup as well, too. 
don't know. If I was looking at second round guys, you know what? I would say Musgrave. Musgrave. I like the idea of having him as a pass catching tight end in the second round for a young quarterback in Jordan Love making his first like official starts. Luke Musgrave, I think, could be that rookie of the year in the second round. And you got third round guys. We've got Hendon Hooker. They just signed Teddy Bridgewater, so he's been relegated to third string if he was. Tank Dell there as well. Kendra Miller from the Saints. With Alvin Kamara being suspended for three games, you got John, Jamal Williams there. Who knows how much action Kendra Miller will get. Jalen Hyatt going to the Giants. Cedric Tillman, his Tennessee teammate, going to the Browns. Then you got Josh Downs from the Colts. Ty J. Spears to the Titans, which will be a nice yin and yang with uh, Derrick Henry. Two completely different running backs. Devin Ashton going to the, the Dolphins, just continuing their speed thing there. Tank Bigsby going to the Jaguars. Very nice backup to, to Travis Etienne. Darnell Washington of the Steelers. Michael Wilson from Stanford going to the Cardinals, which is a very solid pick. Trey Tucker <coughs> from Cincinnati going to the Raiders. Cameron Ladu from Alabama going to the Niners. Out of those guys, we're going to probably lean. For the second round, guys, we'll probably lean. I know Jalen Hyatt, I like him a lot. I like Tank Dell a lot. I like these receivers that were taken in the second round. Josh Downs, I like him a lot. I like Michael Wilson from Stanford. Maybe maybe one of those guys. One of those guys. I'm intrigued to see what Cedric Tillman does. I'm intrigued to see what he does in in, in Cleveland. Because they did just get Elijah Moore this offseason. You got Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper there. Jalen Hyatt's got Isaiah Hodgins. And they did just sign Darryl Wall Darren Waller, or trade for Darren Waller this offseason. But Jalen Hyatt's got that speed. Absolute burner. Absolute freaking burner. And you got Josh Downs would be a great slot option for the Colts with Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman on one side, on the other opposite sides. Tucker Craft, we brought him up earlier, going to the Packers in the third round there. Probably, you know what? We're going to – Tank Dell is very good too. I think that rookie connection could be very big. We might go Tank Dell. Probably Jalen – I might go Jalen Hyde. I like Jalen Hyde a lot. I like Jalen Hyde a lot. Do I want to go any further? Do I want to go any further? Roshan Johnson on the Bears – that could be a very interesting one because they don't really have a name guy as a starter right now, at least that I've seen. I haven't looked at the Bears' depth chart yet, but they got Roshan Johnson. They got Dante Foreman from Texas, from Carolina. Then you've got Travis Homer from Seattle, and then Khalil Herbert. So they've got a big group of running backs there, but maybe Roshan Johnson takes that spot. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. You got Charlie Jones going to Cincinnati. I didn't see that one. I kind of forgot about that. Tyler Scott to the Bears. I like that one. Speedster again. Speedster again. You got Aiden O'Connell, the Raiders. Maybe he steps up this year. It's pretty inevitable Jimmy Garoppolo's going to get hurt at some point. So maybe him there. DTR to the Browns in the fifth round. Awesome. Clayton Toon might get some action this year. With Kyler Murray coming off a torn ACL and Colt McCoy, you know, being older, there could be a chance that Clayton Toon gets some action this year with how bad they're going to be. Or the bad they are going to be. I'm talking about the Cardinals, of course. Justin Shorter. From the Bills? I, I doubt it. But you know what? It can happen. It can happen. Dontavian Wicks from Virginia. I forgot he went to the Packers. It's a nice little rewind for me here. Chase Brown of the Bengals. That's a solid pick. Payne Durham from Purdue going to the Bucks. Eric Gray going to the Giants. Depends on what happens to Saquon. He could get hurt at any point. Puka Nakua to the Rams. I like Puka Nakua coming out of BYU. Him and Jaron Hall were awesome together at BYU. Let me go to the sixth round. Parker Washington from Penn State. Did I say Xavier Hutchinson? Was he a sixth round pick or was he a fifth rounder? I thought he was a fifth rounder. He was a sixth rounder? 
I'm going to assume. Kayshawn Booty, talented as hell. Talented as hell. Frustrating as hell as well. But, you know, he plays for the Patriots with Bill O'Brien. So, we'll see what kind of offense they run. We got Trey Palmer from Nebraska. Very solid wide receiver from Nebraska. Chris Rodriguez going to the Commanders. Didn't see that one. Elijah Hodgins, or Elijah Higgins, sorry. I was talking about Elijah Hodgins earlier from the Giants. Elijah Higgins from Stanford going to the Dolphins. Xavier Hutchinson of the Texans. Andre Yusivas from Princeton going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Demario Douglas from Liberty. Deuce Vaughn from da- from Kansas State going to Dallas. That's an interesting pairing. That's a very interesting pairing. Let me go a little bit deeper here. Dwayne McBride of the, Cat- the Vikings. That is a great pick by the Vikings. That was a great pick by the Vikings. Alexander Madison is there, but if he loses grip or if he gets hurt, Dwayne McBride could definitely step up into that role. I really like that pick. I really like that pick. I like that one. Max Duggan to the Chargers? Yeah, I don't think he's going to do <laughs> very much there. <laughs> kind of unfortunate. Ronnie, Bre- Ronnie Bell going to the 49ers. Who's Mr. Irrelevant? Deshaun Johnson from Toledo. So is he going to lead the Rams to a Super Bowl this year? Time will tell, or at least to an NFC Championship game. But the latest guy, like, I'm I'm not joking. Dwayne McBride, if Alexander Madison gets hurt, Dwayne McBride could definitely step up in that role. I haven't looked at the Vikings' depth chart, so I don't even know where he's listed. But just from a talent standpoint, I think he could definitely push for that. But the latest, ooh, Evan Hole from from, yeah, from Northwestern going to the pay- – wow, we're struggling right now. Going to the Colts, interesting pick. But who's the latest guy apart from Dwayne McBride? Got Jaron Hall from the Vikings there as well. Mil- Will Mallory to the Colts. They went all athlete this year in the draft. They went all athlete this year. Antonio Johnson went all the way in the fifth round of the Jags. They got Davis Mills in the game now. Stroud's taking a breather. He's done. His night's probably done. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Don't don't kill his confidence right now. Just get him in, get him out. Did his thing. Struggled, but you know, we'll move. They'll move. There'll be better days after this. Be better days after. Hopefully for his sake, there'll be better days after this. But latest rookie of the year candidate in my eyes. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm going in reverse order now. There's got to be somebody. Roshan Johnson, probably. I just don't know. Like He's not the Bears' number one run, off at, run, run option, though. So it's kind of hard to predict that he'd be rookie of the year just because of the quarterback situation. Being a running quarterback. Davis Mills gets his first pass, first down. Or no, incomplete. They're calling it incomplete. Hit the ground. I don't know, man. There's some... It's hard to go, like, this far back in the draft because there's going to be somebody... I don't know, man. There's probably Dwayne McBride. We'll just say Dwayne McBride. But for the uh, for the first-round guys, again, Jordan Addison, Bijan Robinson, or Bryce Young, I think are the main guys. I think if, if, if Anthony Richardson plays as good as I think he can, then there's no reason he shouldn't be involved in the rookie of their candidacy. There's no reason he shouldn't be. The dude is too too insanely talented to not be in that conversation if he has a successful rookie year. Now, that remains to be seen. Now, Davis Mills picks up the first down. There we go. But with that being said, with these rookie quarterbacks starting, with Richardson, Stroud, Bryce Young all being named starters, I thought it would be fun. I don't know if we've done this quiz before. It's Friday fun day. We haven't said those words in a while, but it's Friday fun day. NFL rookie quarterbacks. NFL rookie quarterbacks, can you name the NFL QBs who started at least half of their team's games during their rookie year? We're going all the way back to 1970. We have 107 people. We have 15 minutes to do it. We are not, I promise you, we are not going to take up the whole 15 minutes. If I get stuck 
at like minute 10, we'll quit it. Like, I'll just end it. If I'm not going to sit here and go, the entire time. And we're done. We're done. Because there's a few that I can get like straight away. There's others I'll obviously struggle with. But maybe we get this all done in that amount of time. In less time than 15 minutes. So who knows? But we'll start in three, two, one. And we'll try to go in reverse order again. So we got the Steelers to start 12 games. We got Kenny Pickett. Start 12 games. In 2021, the Chicago Bears, 10 starts. That's Justin Fields. Houston, 2021. That is Davis Mills. Tex- or the Jets, 2021. That is Zach Wilson. Jacksonville, 2021. That is Trevor Lawrence. New England, 2021. That is McCorkle Jones. 2020, uh, Miami, nine games. That's Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa, sorry. Cincinnati, 10 games. That is Joe Burrow before he tore his ACL. Charters, 15. That is Justin Herbert because Tyrod Taylor got his lungs punctured. Jacksonville Jaguars in 2019. Jacksonville Jaguars. That's Gardner Minshew. And we got Daniel Jones right after that. Uh, Kyler Murray, Cardinals, 16 games. 49ers in 2018. That's CJ Beathard, right? No? Who would have been the 49ers quarterback in 2018? Who would have been drafted in 2018? Not Garoppolo. Who would they have had? They drafted Beathard, but Beathard wouldn't have been 2018. Who the hell would it have been? It's going to be so we'll skip that one. We'll come back. 2018. Oh, so that was Josh Allen's draft. San Francisco. So Josh Allen for the Bills, 11 games. It wasn't CJ Beathard? No, no, because Nate Stanley played Josh Allen, didn't he? Yeah. 49ers, eight games. Who would have started eight games for the 49ers? That? Oh, is it um Mullen? Nick Mullins. Yeah, it is Nick Mullins. Wow. Uh, Cardinals, that is Josh Rosen. Cleveland, that is Baker Mayfield. Jets, that is Sam Darnold. Now with the 49ers. Bears, uh, 2017, that is Trubisky. Cleveland, 2017, that is Deshaun Kaiser. Started 15 games that year. Mahomes, not listed in there. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, not listed in there because Deshaun Watson towards ACL practice. I, we just got done with practice at William Penn. He was on my fantasy football team towards ACL. Got that notification. 2016 Browns. 2016 Browns. Who would that have been? Who's a 2016 draft? That would have been Winston and... Or Winston. That would have been Goff and Wentz. Was it Kessler? Was Cody Kessler that year? It was Cody Kessler. Then we got Carson Wentz. Dallas, that's Dak Prescott. Tennessee in 2015. That's Marcus Mariota. That was Winston Mariota. Tampa, there's Jameis Winston. 2014 Minnesota, 12 games, that's Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater. Jacksonville, that's Bortles. Not, yeah, I spelled his name wrong. That's why. Bortles. 2014 Oakland, that's Derek Carr. Yeah. 2013 Buffalo, that's EJ Manuel, obviously. Tampa 2013, that's Mike Glennon. It is. 2013 Jets, that's Geno. 2012 Washington. 2012 Washington. That's RG3. RG3. Cleveland 2015. Is that Whedon? Or 2012. That's Brandon Whedon. 2012 Miami. That's Tannehill. And we got the Colts with Andrew Luck. So we finished one row. We got 36 out of 107. We got 11.35 left. Minnesota 2011. Is that Ponder? No, Ponder was before that, right? Or would it have been Ponder? It was Ponder. Wow. Jaguar, Jaguars, that's Blaine Gabbert. 
Carolina, that's Cam Newton. Cincinnati, 2011, that's Andy Dalton. Rams, 2010, that's Bradford. Panthers, 2010, that's Jimmy Clausen. 2010, Cleveland. 2010, Cleveland. So it wasn't Brady Quinn. We got that one in 07. And he's not even on here, is he? He's not, Yeah, he's not even on here. Cleveland, at that time, Jason Campbell wasn't drafted by the Browns. That was his draft by the Washington name redacted. Cleveland in 2010 started eight games. Started eight games in 2010. Who have they drafted? It was, was it Brian Hoyer? No. Who the hell have the Browns drafted? They've drafted like 18 quarterbacks. Couch was nowhere near that time. I'm just I'm just rattling off names right now, so I apologize. Kessler. So who would have been 2010? What was what would have been around the 2010 season? When was Peyton Hillis on the cover of Madden? That was like 2012, wasn't it? We've already got Whedon on there. 2010. Who else did they draft at that time? Derek Anderson? No, it couldn't be Derek Anderson, right? It's not Derek Anderson. Okay, we'll skip that one. 2010, 2009 Bucks. Is that Josh Freeman? It is. Detroit, 2010, or 29 stars. That's Stafford. 2009 Jets. That's Mark Sanchez. 2008 Ravens. That's Flacco. Then we got Matt Ryan with the Falcons. Buffalo, 2007. That's Trent Edwards, obviously. Tampa Bay, 2006. Tampa Bay, 2006. Left, which wasn't drafted by the Bucks. Who all would they have had in 2006? It's not Greasy. It's not Jeff Garcia. We'll skip that one. We'll come back to that one. We got the Raiders in 2006. Raiders in 2006. Okay, we'll skip that one. Cardinals, in, that's Leinert. Then we got Vince Young. 2005 Chicago. Is it, that's not Grossman. He'll be on. No, he's not even on here. That's not Cutler. Cutler was drafted in 06. And he was by Denver, so it doesn't matter. That's Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton. 2004 Pittsburgh. That's Ben. Roethlisberger. 2003 Baltimore. Is that Kyle Bowler? It is. Jacksonville 20. That's Leftwich. It's Brian Lef, Byron Leftwich. And we got David Carr in there because we got Derek Carr already. Lions 2002, that's Joey Harrington. Dallas, is that Quincy Carter? No, he was 01. Who would have been 02? Who the hell did the Cowboys draft in 02? It's not Tony because he wasn't drafted. And I, this is it's just rookies. It's just rookies. Who the hell is after Quincy Carter? Who'd they draft after Quincy Carter? They signed Drew Bledsoe from the Bills. So whoever this was started nine games. I don't know. I'm not. I can't think. Who was 2001 Panthers started 15 games? Did Jake Delome? Jake Delome wasn't drafted by the Panthers. Is that Chris Winkie? It is Chris Winkie 2001 Heisman winner at like a thousand years old at Florida State? Browns 99. That's Tim Couch. 99 San Francisco. That I don't know. That's not Drunken Miller, or is it Drunken Miller? It's not Drunken Miller. 49ers, 1999. Is that Jeff Garcia? It is Jeff Garcia. Was up in Canada for a while. 98. Is that, it's not Andre Ware. Who else do the Lions have in the 90s? Andre Ware. It's not Chuck Long. They drafted both of them. Who else do they have? 
It's gonna. It's not. It, David Klingler is he gonna be on here? He's not. Wow. San Diego ninety nine. That's Ryan Leaf. They got Peyton Manning. They got Archie Manning in there as well. Cardinals in ninety seven. Is that um McCown was drafted in ninety seven? What the hell am I talking about? Drunken Miller. I'm just gonna keep typing that. I. I don't know why I keep typing. They already know. 96. Is that Tony Banks? It is Tony Banks. Panthers, that's Kerry Collins. Washington 94, that's Heath Schuler. 93, that's Rick Meyer. Then we got Drew Bledsoe for the Patriots in 93. Pittsburgh, 91. It's not Cordell Stewart. He wasn't that old. Neil O'Donnell, was he drafted in 91? He was. Colts, 90, that's Jeff George. Dallas, 89, that's Aikman. 89, Detroit. That's not Andre Ware? Am I forgetting somebody from the Lions? Because I'm pretty confident it's Andre Ware. He had to be in there somewhere. 88 for the Raiders. Marinovich. I, I don't know. 98, 88 for the Colts. Is that, no, it's not Harbaugh. Why am I guessing Harbaugh? 88 for the Colts. Oh, that is, um, he was called the Golden, uh, the, he had some stupid nickname. He's from Ohio State. Art Schleister. I don't know how to spell Schleister. 86 for the Bills. Is that Reich? Oh, that'd be Kelly, because he didn't technically play for the Bills until 1986. It's a stumper. He was drafted in 83, though. Colts in 86. Art Schleister has to be on here. What What is Art Schleister? How do you spell Art Schleister? Because it's some stupid spelling. It's some ridiculous spelling. So I, I, had to, I had to... He's not even in the list. He's not even in the list. Nice. Colts are on here twice, and I have no idea who either one of them are. 88 and 86. Rams LA. Is that the Ferragamo? Ferragamo. Vince Ferragamo. Ferragamo. <laughs> Ferragamo. Such an Italian name. An egregiously Italian name. Oh, is that Elway? Elway is in there for Denver. He's drafted by the Colts, though, so that's what made me think of that. Houston, 84. Is that Warren Moon? It is Warren Moon. 86 Browns, that is Bernie Kosar. I know that one. Rams, LA, 85. I'm blanking. Baltimore Colts, 82. Art Schleister's not in here at all. Huh. Bears, that McMahon. Jim McMahon's in there. Dolphins. Don Strock. <laughs> I brought him up the other day. Have to mention Don Strock every chance I can. Chiefs 79. No idea. Len Dawson. <laughs> He's way before that, but just guessing. Just guessing at this point. Giants, that's got to be Phil Sims. It's got to be Phil Sims. 49ers. Is, Vince, is Steve Young in here? No, for the Buccaneers. 49ers, 78, no idea. Buccaneers, 78. That's, is Vinny Testaverde going to be in here? He is, but I didn't see where he went in. <laughs> he went into the list. Where the hell did he go? I lost him. Huh. I completely lost him. Is there someone I didn't put in that just got thrown into the list? 
Nice try, however. T oh, that was a bonus one. Nice try, however. Vinny Testaverde only made four games for his Tampa Bay, for Tampa Bay United. Why is that an option? Why is that an option? <laughs> Why? I was like, where? Okay, they put it in there. I guess they didn't. We got three minutes and seven seconds left. Three minutes and seven seconds left. Can I do any more? I don't think so. I'm really struggling here. Jim Zorn. Oh, Jim Zorn is in there. Atlanta, Chris Chandler. Chris Chandler is in there. I didn't know he was driving by the Colts, though. Uh, Steve Bartkowski. Steve Bartkowski is in there. Nice. Is Tony Easton in here? I'm just spitballing at this point. Ken O'Brien. Not in here. Green Bay 71. No idea. Eagle Jaworski. Ron Jaworski. See, he's not in here either. No. Buffalo 73. Joe Ferguson. If I could spell. We got Jack Kemp in there as well, probably. Nope. Buffalo 1970. No. Oh, it's um Daryl LaMonica. Is it Daryl LaMonica? I got to remember how to spell his name, though. Daryl LaMonica. I'd be pretty sick if it was Daryl LaMonica. It was not Daryl LaMonica. <laughs> Steelers, Terry Bradshaw. Guys, got to spell his name right. Terry Bradshaw. New England, 71. Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett's in there. Houston, Dan Pastorini. Green Bay, 71. No idea. Eagles, 72. No idea. 49ers, 74. Was it Boyle? He was number 12. He was the number 12 for 49ers. I don't remember his name. I got 84 out of 107 at this point. I got a minute 37 left. Uh, Colts, 86. Should I just start rattling off quarterbacks from like the 90s? Because this is, this is a pain in the ass to do. Browns, 2010. I got to get the ones that I've been alive for. I should be able to get those ones, right? You would think, anyways. David Klingler is not in here at all for the Bengals. Andre Ware is not in here at all. Achilles Smith. 2002 for the Cowboys. Is that like... I'll start typing in random ass names. Luke McNown. He was drafted by the Bears. So I'd... Buccaneers 06. Buccaneers in 2006. Who would have been around that time? Is that... No, we already put in Sims. So Chris Sims would have popped up. Unless he spells his name different. He does not. Oakland in 2006. That's not... Jamarcus Russell was drafted in 07, so who the hell would have been in 06? Who else? Doug Flutie? Would he be in here? <laughs> Drew Brees. Definitely not in here. Because we would have had the Chargers up there in 2001. Vic didn't do that with the, T the Falcons. He didn't start right away there. Brett Favre isn't going to be on here. I'm going to be pissed. I have 11 seconds left. Browns 2010. It's not Derek Anderson. It's not Johnny Manziel. It's not Brandon Whedon. It's not Derek Brady Quinn. It's not Brian Hoyer. I don't know. I'm done. I got 79%. Average score is 27%, so we'll take it. But I still want to get better than 79%. So, Colt McCoy. Wow. I brought him up earlier, too. So, that makes that one hurt a little bit. We got Davis Mills still under center for the Texans. Sorry, I haven't brought that up in a little bit. Bruce Kradkowski for the Bucks. Yeah, Andrew Walter. No idea who that is. Not even ashamed by that one. Chad Hutchinson. Yeah, okay. Charlie Batch. Completely forgot he was drafted by the Lions. Jake Plummer. Yeah, I probably should have gotten that one. Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Oh, my God. 
yeah. The the Lions quarterbacks from around that time kind of all blur together because they're all so bad. They're also like Ronnie Pete, great college quarterback. Andre Ware, great college quarterback. Just terrible in the NFL. Chuck Long, great college quarterback. Did not get a shot in the NFL. Steve Berline, completely forgot about him. Jack Trudeau, nope. Dieter Brock, nope. Mike Pagel, nope. David Woodley, if it's not Brian, I don't care. Steve Fuller, no. Jeff Comlo, no. Steve DeBerg, no. Oh, Doug Williams. Yeah, I should have got that one. I forget he got drafted by the Buccaneers. But he was like the first good quarterback they had. It was like the first good quarterback the Buccaneers had. They had Steve Young, but never really did anything in his time with the Buccaneers, and he was drafted later. I should have gotten Doug Williams. I should have got Doug Williams. Joe Pisaric kicked. Pat Harden, or Pat Hayden. Steve Grogan. I think I should have gotten Steve Grogan. Tom Owen. John Reeves. Scott Hunter. Dennis Shaw. So out of those ones that I missed, out of the 107, I'm mad about Colt McCoy, mad about Charlie Batch, Jake Plummer, Rodney Pete. That's pretty much it. I'm mad at four. So best case scenario, in my opinion, I would have gotten 88. That would have been my best case scenario. 88 out of 107. Which, to be fair, would have only been, what, 19 wrong? I would take that versus 23 wrong. But, hey, you know what? I'll take a 79%, especially when the average score is 27. I'll take. I got every quarterback right up until Colt McCoy, which what was what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty four twenty five twenty six twenty seven twenty eight twenty nine thirty thirty one thirty two thirty three thirty four thirty five thirty six thirty seven thirty eight thirty nine forty forty one. I got forty one quarterbacks in a row right, and then Colt McCoy screwed it all up, screwed everything up for me. But we will expect to add Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson to this list once the season's done. Other like last year again, what we talked about, we had rookie quarterbacks that were drafted way later in the draft, come in and make impacts for their team. We talk about Skylar Thompson. We talk about Brock Purdy playing significant games when they were drafted extremely late. And this is a quarterback class that I believe had the most quarterbacks ever drafted, or at least one of them. Now there's some quarterbacks I don't think will ever see the light of day on the field because the offense just does not fit them at all. Tanner McKee going to the Eagles is, like, something that hurts my soul. Because I like Tanner McKee. I think Tanner McKee's a very good quarterback. Going to the Eagles, where they already have Jalen Hurts and Marcus Mariota, two people that can fill that role, you're not really going to get that option when you're not that athletic. It's like a crime to watch you run the ball. So I don't really think that's going to happen. Max Duggan, I don't really see him playing that much for the Chargers. Jaron Hall for the Vikings. I think he can win the backup job. But for right now, I don't really see him playing there. Sean Clifford, maybe. I guess they're still having a battle for the backup role. Dorian Thompson-Robinson could get a backup spot there. I think he could beat out Kellen Mond for that backup spot. Clayton Toon, I think he could play. I think he could play a decent amount this year. Because Lord knows the Cardinals aren't going to be very good. So they have options. Like, their quarterback situation right now is Cole McCoy, Jeff Driscoll, David Blau, and Clayton Toon. Discounting Kyler, who's getting hurt. You're telling me Clayton Toon can't see minutes, even the slightest minutes, with this team? Like, we're going off, we tried to figure out who the latest rookie of the year candidate would be. The latest rookie quarterback that I could see actually starting consistent games, I think it would be Clayton Toon. He's got the athleticism. I think he could be a very solid, you know, stopgap quarterback. Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders. 
They compared him to freaking Tom Brady in the draft process, the Raiders did. Josh McDaniels in particular. And Jimmy Garoppolo, inevitably, will get hurt. It will happen. Now, they do have Brian Hoyer, and they do have Chase Garbers. Now, Brian Hoyer, being a guy that's been around with Josh McDaniels before, so it'll be that favoritism there. The top two guys on this team are going to be Josh McDaniels, quote-unquote, guys. So it'll be hard for him. Stetson Bennett with the Rams. The only quarterback standing in his way are Brett Rippon and Dresser Wynn, who I have no idea who that is. There's a chance he could play, because Lord knows what Matt Stafford's going to be this year coming off a spinal contusion. Jake Hayner with the Saints, I don't really see him playing that much. Hendon Hooker, I don't see him playing that much. Will Levis, potentially. We'll have to wait and see. But Richard and Stroud Young, we know they're going to play. We know they're going to play. But the I think Clayton Toon could see some significant playing time this year, given how bad the Cardinals are going to be and how old their other quarterback is and their starter in Colt McCoy. And the other quarterbacks in front of him just aren't, you know, that formidable. It's not like you're battling against the likes of former first-round draft picks. No, you're battling against freaking David Blau and Jeff Driscoll. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if Clayton Toon played. We Hey, no one really thought Skylar Thompson was going to play for the Dolphins when they had Teddy Bridgewater and Tua, and yet he played, not only played, started a playoff game. No one thought Brock Purdy was going to play last year. Mr. Irrelevant, especially with the third overall pick in Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo there who has gotten the 49ers to a Super Bowl before. No one expected Brock Purdy to play, and now he's the starter going into this season. Now, Skylar Thompson, he's now third string in Miami because they just signed Mike White this offseason. He ain't beating out Mike White. He ain't beating out Mike White. But Tua getting hurt again. That could happen. If you've seen the clips of the Dolphins off the line, it could very much happen. It could very much happen that he gets hurt at some point throughout this season. But it's it's going to be a fun season. It is going to be fun. But we'll have to wait and see how everything transpires this year. But speaking of that, though, transpiring things, like see how things transpire. I don't know what the hell is going on with this Iowa State stuff. This gambling situation is freaking ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's the best way I can describe it. It is absolutely ludicrous that this, I'll, it's not even just the what's like the sheer number of people <laughs> is the, the staggering part. So, the first thing that I saw today, both from Keith Murphy. So, the sports gambling scandal is worse than thought with more Iowa and Iowa State football players found betting on games which they had played the ultimate no no. Stat with Iowa. Former Hawkeyes Arlen Bruce and Reggie Bracey and current Hawk Jack Johnson all charged with tampering with records. The allegations in the court records, Arlen Bruce, 132 bets, $4,342, 19 bets on Iowa football games of the 2021 and 2022 season. Bruce played in 11 of 12 of the 12 games. Reggie Bracey, 66 bets. So, you know, half of what Arlen Bruce did. $750, way less money than Arlen Bruce put up. Eight Iowa sporting events, including 2022 football games versus Michigan and Sandy and South Dakota State. SDSU, South Dakota State. He played in both. Man, if you bet the under for South Dakota State, good on you. Good on you. <laughs> I bet the under of that game. Or hypothetically bet because I didn't. I don't actually place bets on anything. I just go make picks, and that was my pick. It was like, hey, you know what? Under. Jack Johnson, 480 bets. So we're we're now going upwards in bets, but he ain't as money hungry or as popping as Arlen Bruce because he only got $1,800. 11 Iowa events. So let's look at this. 11 Iowa events 
four bets total in 2021 football games versus Wisconsin and Illinois. He was on the team. 480 bets for 11 events. Dude is going ham. Arlen Bruce only put 132 on 19 games. Reggie Brazy put 66 bets on eight Iowa sporting events. Dude put three more events and played, what, triple the amount of bets? <laughs> Quadruple the bets? Bracey and Bruce accused... Bracey and Bruce accused Bruce placing bets for Bracey via account open in Vincent Bruce's name. I'm assuming that's his dad. Jack Johnson's mother named as his proxy account. Not sure who reported first, but it was MC Flick that promoted me, prompted me to check the court on, courts online. Next tweet. Going through the criminal charges against Iowa State football players. And we have a player allegedly betting against his own team. Against. See, I don't really see a massive issue with betting for your team to win. That should be like a boost. But you're betting on your team to lose. That's the that is a massive issue. That's the that's the worst. That's the worst thing you can do. Betting on your team to lose. Cause you can do that. You can shave points easily doing that. You ever watch Longest Yard? That's exactly what he does there. Isaiah Lee, 115 bets for $885, 21 wagers on 20, 12 Iowa State football games. That's 12 Iowa State football games, not 2012 Iowa State football games. From 2021 and 2022 seasons, which he played, including a money line bet against Iowa State versus Texas in 2021. Iowa State won 30 to 7. He bet against Iowa State. Jareel Brock. Get this. This so he was out of practice today. My dad and I were listening to the radio today. They just said he was out of practice. We assumed it was about this, but you never know. Get ready for this staggering ass number here. So what number did we say for the wagers or the money Jack Johnson got in this? $1,800. Drill Brock placed 1300 bets. $12,050. 13 Iowa State basketball games, four Iowa State football games, including two games he played in in 2022. Iowa State versus Iowa. Kansas State at Iowa State. Those are the two games he played in. $12,050. $12,000, bets. Deshaun Hanneke, $288 bets, $1,262, won 70 wagers on Iowa State basketball games. All three are required to appear in court August 23rd, so a week before the season starts. Lee's accused of using fiance's info. Brock, a non-athlete. Brock, a non-athlete. Hanneke, his mom. This is, uh, yeah, uh, not good. Not good. Iowa State's already without their starting quarterback. Now they're going to be without their starting running back, and Drew Brock. 1,300 bets. 1,300 bets. $12,000. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. So, for these types of things, I always find these interesting because you can look at this two types of ways here. And we made the same case with Ivan Tony for Brentford. Got a massive suspension for bets he placed for while he was playing for Brentford. He got suspended all the way to January. So, half a season, essentially. Full season, he's playing American football. And I, I sat there and I was like, man, this is like a ridiculous suspension when his shirt sponsor is Hollywood Bets. And like 50% of Premier League teams have some sort of betting sponsorship on their jerseys or play in a stadium that has a betting name, a betting company's name on it. Calvin Ridley used an NFL-sponsored betting site and got suspended an entire season. Now he's coming back this year. See, that's not my issue with this. It's not the fact that they're placing bets. 
And though we made fun of Hunter Decker's attorney's little... Everybody else is doing it. Everybody's doing it. It's not just my client here. He's from Harvard in Iowa. They don't even have electricity or running water up there. You should smell their town. Smells like shit. They don't even have... They don't have toilets. You spend it to work a computer and bet? That's stupid. That's not my issue. That's not my issue. The issue... Because, yeah, everybody's betting. There's a lot of people that play sports bets. It's one of the biggest things in American culture is placing bets on games. You have never had an interest in your life. I have friends that place bets on curling events. Like, you did not care about curling until you could figure out you could bet on it. No one cared about that. The problem is that you're using other people to place the bets for you because you know... It's against the rules, the NCA violations, which NCA can go screw itself normally, but but they're using other people. Bracey and Brace accused Bruce of placing bets for Bracey via account open in Vincent Bruce's name. Jack Johnson's mother names his problem. So the parents are guilty here too. Brock used a non-athlete, Hanukkah's mom. Lee's accused of using his fiance's info. So it's funny, like they all knew they were doing something bad. And they didn't care. They had no regard for anything. And now they're getting blasted. And there's a lot of hypocrisy in this. I'm well aware of that. Like the NCAA, we have, you can bet on college sporting events. And yes, there are a lot of people in college, my age, older, that are placing bets on sporting events. Yes, that is true. But it's still illegal when you have other people place the bets for you. In this manner, you cannot have your fiance, your mom, your dad, a friend place these bets for you. Especially 1,327 bets. That's just being stupid. That's just being stupid. So we'll see how much this gets cracked down upon by other universities or by these universities. We'll see how the futures hold for all these guys. I mean, again... Arlen Bruce and Reggie Bracey aren't even on the team anymore. So we don't know what to deal what they're going to do about those guys. But Jarrell Brock, that is insane. 1,327 bets. 1,327 bets. So there's 365 days in a year. There's 365 days in a year. Right? Okay. So we'll take that. Hold on. Nope. Hold on. Three, I'm doing this wrong. Sorry. Math was never my strong suit. I apologize. He was placing 3.6 bets a day. There's not sports every day. What the hell are you placing bets on? <laughs> One, this is 13 basketball games, four football games. It, that is 17 Iowa State events right there. What the hell are you placing bets on? <laughs> the hell are you placing bets on oh they got malik cunningham in rookie from louisville that's cool he's that wide receiver though but you know hey julian edelman did it for the patriots came in as a college quarterback from kent state i I was actually playing ironically i was playing the ncaa football game 2009 on the wii on the wii and i thought it was kind of cool because i was sitting there looking through all the fcs game the fcs teams even play you and I in the Unidome. Like, it looked semi like the Unidome for the Wii game. It looked semi-accurate. And you could go through all the teams and the depth charts and all that, and Julian Edelman popped up. I thought that was like, oh, that's kind of cool. 
But I can promise you this. When the new NCAA game comes out next year, none of these guys mentioned. Well, they're all going to try and be in it. It was because none of these guys were getting drafted at this point in time, especially like Hunter Deckers. But they're definitely not going to be in the game next year. So this is a little damper on the people that want to see their favorite players in their favorite game. And a game that hasn't been out in freaking forever. But it's just a stupid test. That's pretty much all this is. It's just an intelligence test at this point. And it's just sad. It's just sad. <laughs> Gambling, get some help. Get some help, young gamblers. That's the main moral of the story here. It's the main moral of the story. You know you're going to get scrutinized with literally everything you do as a college athlete. So why even risk it? Why even risk it? 1,327 bets. I cannot get that number out of my head. That is an insane number. That is an insane number. But again, we'll see how the NCAA cracks down with other universities because there's other kids that are doing this too. There are. Though it's funny to hear that in an official attorney statement. <laughs> it is true. It is true. Though it's hilarious to hear that in a statement. But with college football coming around just around the corner, being up right, just around the corner, sorry, you're getting all these different lists out now, especially with the Johnny Manziel documentary coming out, which is very good, by the way. I would very much recommend you watch it. But Johnny Manziel famously, first freshman in the Heisman. First freshman in the Heisman. Then we had Jameis Winston win the Heisman. After that, we've had young players win the Heisman. We, I think, was Lamar Jackson the youngest ever Heisman winner? I think he's the youngest. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I apologize if I'm wrong. But Travis Hunter, who a lot of people know from Jackson State, was the big-time recruit going to Jackson State. Picked Jackson State over Florida State. Followed Deion Sanders to Colorado, and he had a picture on Instagram the other day. It said, Heisman loading. Though I'd love to see Travis Hunter win the Heisman. As a guy who can play both ways extremely well, I don't see it happening this year for Colorado. Because right now, in the current state of college football, and I brought this up before with Tim Tebow winning the Heisman as a sophomore, the first sophomore to win a Heisman, Florida went 9-4. and four. We will not really see teams below that a player on those teams win the Heisman. Because though the Heisman Trophy recognizes individual success, team success does have to follow. It does have to follow as well. So Travis Hunter, though he's probably going to have a very solid season for Colorado, winning six games is not really the step to get your name out there for the Heisman Trophy. Maybe they change the way they look at the Heisman Trophy. Maybe they look the way, maybe that changes completely, but I, I'm highly doubting it. I'm highly doubting it. It's like, would he be able to beat the likes of Caleb Williams for Heisman? Is that something that can realistically happen where USC, who are in the same conference at this current point in time, which there were more meetings about, you know, Cal and Stanford joining the ACC, however cool that's going to be with the Atlantic Coast Conference hosting teams from the Pacific Ocean. That's pretty cool. Is he going to be, are they going to be able to beat a guy in his own conference that, sorry to Colorado and their fans, I'm expecting USC, and this could come back to bite me in the ass. I'm open to it because I think Colorado's a fun team, and they're part of my NCAA football sim in 2012. We've talked about it on the show before, so it's funny we brought up NCAA, playing the NCAA football game here. Maybe they do beat them. I'm expecting USC to have very little issue with Colorado this year. So you have a game like that against a guy who's going to be the favorite to win the Heisman again, be the second favorite to win his second-ever Heisman, be the second player ever in Heisman history to win back-to-back Heisman champ Heisman's, other being Herschel or Herschel Walker, being Archie Griffin with the Buckeyes. Could Caleb Williams do that? I think there's a very good shot he does. There's a very good shot he does. Marvin Harrison, I think, has a shot there as well. But as of right now, it looks like it's going to be a quarterback-dominated award. It looks like it's going to be quarterback-dominated. 
And when you look at the current state of college football in regards to the quarterback position, it's a fairly good crop of people. The quarterback position is very stacked this year. And I saw 24-7 sports post uh, the top five power five quarterbacks in college football via Clint Brew. His Twitter ads at Clint Brew 24-7. Who is too high or too low? Who got left off? So again, quarterback position is probably going to win the Heisman again. It's I, like you look at the past few Heisman Trophy winners, apart from Devontae Smith and Derrick Henry, all the Heisman winners since 2012 in the past decade have been quarterbacks. Apart from again Derrick Henry and Devontae Smith. You got Caleb Williams, Bryce Young, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Johnny Menzel. You can go even past that too. Go past that. You got RG3 in there. You got Cam Newton in there. Like it just keeps going back. With mostly quarterbacks. It's mostly a quarterback award. I know there's exceptions to every rule, but it's mostly a quarterback award. And a receiver could win it. Marvin Harrison could definitely be a guy that does that. But Caleb Williams is going to be the favorite. And I saw this post from 24-7 Sports. And I'm not like... It's not really weird to me at this point to see this. Because I think it'll be a very hipster thing to do up until the draft. And when the draft comes, I wouldn't be surprised this is like reality. But as of right now, as we sit here on August 10th, August 11th when you're listening to this, Drake May is not the best quarterback in college football. At this point in time, that can change. And I'm open to that change. Drake May could definitely be up there for the Heisman. His passing numbers will be great. His rushing numbers will be very good. He's going to be carrying North Carolina. It just depends on how, if they ever get dominated in the game. Because their defense is not very good. So if they get dominated, that's going to make it really hard for Drake May to push for a Heisman. You cannot get dominated in a game. and when a Heisman, It's just not going to happen. As mean as that might be, I say that Caleb Williams got dominated in the Pac-12 championship game. I understand that. But he had moments in that game. So Drake May has his moments, but right now, Drake May is not better than Caleb Williams. I've been on the record of saying this. Like when we were doing the, the preseason or insanely early quarterback ranks for the 2024 draft, I have said numerous times, I would not be shocked if Drake May was the first quarterback taken in the draft. I would not be shocked by that at all. He's much bigger than Caleb Williams. He's got a stronger arm than Caleb Williams. But Caleb Williams is just that dude. Caleb Williams could do everything at an exceptionally high level. He's got that star power that you look for in a quarterback. Like, I've seen a lot of people comparing to Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if I'd go that far, but there are similarities in their game. But right now, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in college football. The number three, Sam Hartman. I like Sam Hartman. Don't get me wrong. I like Sam Hartman. But I think we're starting to teeter into slightly overrated rankings with Sam Hartman. I like him. I like him a lot. I liked what he did at Wake Forest. I think he's going to do good stuff at Notre Dame. But number three, he's the third best quarterback in college football. And this isn't talking about like draft prospects and everything. Because draft prospects, he's not in the top ten. But for a college quarterback, I like him. But number three, I think, is insanely rich. And then you got Quinn Ewers there. Talent-wise, makes sense. We just got to see it fully out there. His last game against Washington, we saw a very good version of Quinn Ewers. I think him and Xavier Worthy will be really fun to watch this year. The offense will be solely placed on him with no run game. With no Bijan and no Roshan Johnson. I should say no run game. Then you got Michael Penix at five. Bo Nix at six. Jane Daniels, seven. All guys who are very deserving of being in the top ten. We got J.J. McCarthy, eight. Which, if we were talking about draft prospects, he'd be a lot higher. But, for a college standpoint, I think that's fine. I would put him probably a little bit higher, but, you know, eight's fine. We're just talking purely off college standpoint. 
Number nine and ten is where things get like you know a little bit interesting, and I can't say like I I vehemently vehemently I I'm not even gonna try and say it. So I think it's an egregious take, I guess I should say, so I don't stumble over my words too much. N to a certain extent, I you know what? Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. Will Howard being number nine is a little, at this point, a little crazy. I'm not going to lie. I think he did great stuff for Kansas State last year when Adrian Martinez would get hurt or Adrian Martinez would just, you know, start turning into Adrian Martinez. Then they put Will Howard in. He played well. He played well. He played a very important part to them winning the Big 12 championship. Or, hold on. Did they win? My memory is hazy. They they won that game, right? They won the Big 12. Correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Say say yes or say yes or no. They did. Okay. Yeah, and Will Howard played an important role in that. But number nine, he's currently like if they're if you're going off predictions. If you're going off predictions, then that's fine. If you're going currently, then no. And Cam Rising, I mean, I he's at number 10. Uh, that one I could take or leave. I don't really care about Cam. I think Cam Rising is fun, but I don't really see him being number nine. But we're we're not including Jordan Travis. We're not including Jordan Travis at Florida State. Like, even if you want to say Florida State's insanely hyped going into the season, like the coach ball, I think they were eighth. Jordan Travis put up really good numbers throughout his time at Florida State. Very good numbers. Michael Pratt from Tulane. Devin Leary from Kentucky. Spencer Rattler. And then maybe I'm looking at this through just, a, you know, purely a draft prospect standpoint. But still, Will Howard at nine. Cam Rising, Cam Rising again, I could take or leave. I shouldn't act like I'm that upset about Cam Rising. Will Howard just surprises me. Will Howard surprised me. Maybe he turns out to be very, very good this year. He could be. He could be a very, very good quarterback this year. And I, I expect him to. I expect San State, the reigning Big 12 champs, I expect him to be a very solid team this year. But that's, that's a little rich. I think Sam Hartman at three, I think Will Howard at nine, I think are just a slight bit rich. Jalen Daniels from Kansas. People might say he's a slightly bit overrated. And maybe you would take Will Howard over Jalen Daniels. That one's I'm like 50-50 on. Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. I'm just I'm scrolling through ESPN right now. I'm just looking at like teams and I'm looking at I'm trying to remember who their quarterbacks are. Cade McNamara. <laughs> Tua Viola. I think it'd be mentioned if you're throwing in numbers wise, he puts up very solid numbers at Minnesota. Or at Maryland, sorry. At Maryland. Taylor, Tanner Mordecai is another guy we can mention in there. Joe Milton at Tennessee. We already brought up Spencer Rattler. And these, I'm not saying all these guys are deserving of top 10 spots. I'm not saying. That. I'm just bringing up other quarterbacks. Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. Will Rogers at Mississippi State. We already brought up Devin Leary. I don't want to bring up, like, New guys like Carson Beck or Kyle McCord or Al Alder or Alar, sorry. I'm going to bring up those guys. K.J. Osborne or K.J. Osborne. K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas. Cam Ward from Washington State. Who else am I forgetting? Am I forgetting about D.J. Uyagalele from Oregon State? Shadur Sanders. We talked about Colorado earlier. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a little rich. I feel like 9 and 3 are a little rich there. I don't have my exact rankings out. We can get those out like fairly soon, but I'd be looking at this through a prospect standpoint and it'd look a little different 
than what like Sam Hartman. I don't know if would be in the top ten, but I think he's a top ten college quarterback. I just don't think three is, you know, that I don't think that's right. I don't think currently, I could see in time, and maybe I'm missing context here. I'm just looking at it from the the tweet standpoint, just the tweet standpoint. So I not I didn't click on an article or anything. It's just a top ten power five quarterbacks in college football. That could be potential. Right now, Drake May's not better than Caleb Williams. Right now, he's not. That's just a fact. I mean, he's a fact. The dude's a reigning Heisman Trophy winner. You can't come back. You can't say anything right now. And we're just talking about college level. From the college standpoint, discounting draft prospects, I think that's a different conversation. From a college standpoint, what has Drake May done that puts him above Caleb Williams at this point? Draft prospect, different. That is a completely different argument. But I don't know. It's interesting to see how this goes. And I saw another one. We brought up them early, late last week, or last week, Wednesday. College Football Report, they did the tier list for fans. Uh, they did a quarterback tier list. Drake May and Caleb Williams, tier one. Makes sense. Tier two, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Sam Hartman. Okay. Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, Dylan Gabriel, and Cam Rising on tier three. Tier four. We have Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. We have Michael Pratt from Tulane, Quinn Ewers, KJ Jefferson, and Grayson McCall. Now, remember, it was just Power 5, guys. So you can't throw – I guess I shouldn't have brought up Michael Pratt. I guess I kind of forgot about that till right now. So don't tell us to that. They got Joe Milton, Devin Leary, Will Rogers, and Drew Alar from Penn State at number Tier 5. And then Tier 6, Rattler, Harris, Kyle McCord, Carson Beck, Tanner Mordecai, and Jalen Daniels. So no Will Howard in here. I think Will Howard deserves a mention in like the top, like the tiers of college quarterbacks. Top 10's rich though. Top 10's rich. And I'm looking at, so, okay, just the top 10 quarterbacks in no particular order. Let's just do it like this. Okay. So Caleb Williams is definitely in there. Drake May is definitely in there. Based off last year, Knicks and Penix are definitely in there. Jay Daniels is definitely in there. McCarthy's definitely in there. Ewers is in there. Travis is in there. We throw Hartman in there. And then that last one, would we put Rising in there? I might throw Rising in there. But K.J. Jefferson, I think, deserves a shout there as well. I, I'm intrigued to see how Arkansas handles him this year. I, w- I would like to see them, you know, let him throw the ball, let it rip every once in a while, because I think he's a very talented thrower of the football. He's got an absolute hose on him. Michael Pratt, I really like Michael Pratt from Tulane. Austin Reed from West- Western Kentucky, I really like him. Do I throw Cam Rising in there? Devin Leary, Will Rogers... I don't know. I like these guys. I don't know who I'd put at 10, but I think the nine are like, they're in. The nine are in for just college level. I might throw, it's Jefferson or Rising probably. Uh, I'll go with the flow. I'll probably put Rising. Rising or, I don't know. But 10 spots hard. 10 spots hard. You guys can come up with a 10. This is, I'm trying to think of this off the top of my head. So I apologize. I apologize. But man. It's always fun to see how people rank specific positions going into a season. It's always fun. Like, and you'll never agree with a list. No list you'll see you'll agree with 100%. I don't. I know you don't. I know you don't. Like, we looked at the top 10 players, like, top 10 players in the NFL, there's things are wrong with it. Like, maybe the order. I agree with the pl- The players are fine. I agree with that, but the, the order of it. But speaking of the top 10 players, the last thing I'll leave you on, uh, McLovin, who used to be on the Dan Patrick show, he had an insane take the other day. I got this sent to me by my friend Noah. Big Vikings fan, remember? Noah's a big-time Vikings fan. 
Justin Jefferson is a pro- definitely a product of Kirk Cousins. He's a bit of a system guy. Shut up. Shut up. This is the dumbest take I think I've ever heard in my life. Or one of them. One of them. He's a system guy. Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the NFL, the second best player in the NFL, according to the players, is a system guy. Okay. Okay. A guy who's had two different systems throughout his time in the NFL. Remember, Kevin O'Connell came last year. Justin Jefferson was already very good before Kevin O'Connell got there. Yes, he's played with Kirk Cousins. Cool. Kirk Cousins ain't made Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was a dude when he was at college. Justin Jefferson falling to 22 was a travesty. The Eagles taking anybody above him is a travesty. Especially Jalen Rager. That is an insane take. That is an absolutely ridiculous take. And that's what I will leave you with. That is what I'll leave you with. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you enjoy your weekend as well. Make sure, again, to follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, make sure you're following and subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. And I, Logan Blackman, will see you all later. Peace.